Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Gluten-Free Voice. I'm Jules Shepard and I welcome you all to a very special issue of this broadcast. We have with us a wonderful friend of mine and someone I've known for a while and I'm excited to be able to have him onto the show. Um, today's topic is very interesting though. It's it's not, you know, necessarily one of those things we talk about a lot on the show about baking and, and recipes and things like that. It's one of the hot button issues that's really kind of eating away at the consciences of all of the people in the gluten-free world right now saying, what am I doing? What's going on? Is this healthy? And so we definitely need to talk about this um, on the Gluten-Free Voice because this is your mechanism for, you know, learning about the latest and the um, most interesting news that affects you and your, your family. So what we're here to talk about today is arsenic in our food supply. There have been recent reports about high levels of arsenic in food products like rice, and that's really alarmed us gluten-free consumers because we eat a lot of rice. Should we cut back on one of these staples of our gluten-free diet because of this latest health scare? There was a Consumer Reports study that was just released in the November issue of the Consumer Reports, but it's on the newsstand now, that sparked this discussion, and the FDA has responded and has said, in fact, that it's been monitoring the arsenic levels in rice for over 20 years. Arsenic is a substance that actually exists organically in nature as a chemical element in the Earth's crust. It's actually released from volcanoes and from also the erosion of mineral deposits, and it's found throughout our water, air, and soil. Thus, it stands to reason that it would be found in some of our foods and beverages exposed to that water, air, and soil as organic arsenic. There's another kind of arsenic, though, and that's the arsenic that's called inorganic. And human activities like burning coal, oil, gasoline, and wood, mining, and the use of arsenic in pesticides and herbicides adds this inorganic and more toxic arsenic to the environment. Residues of this arsenic apparently remain in the agricultural soil even today, even though pesticides containing arsenic were actually banned in the 1980s. This is in part because their direct and continued use in animal feed to prevent disease. So animals like chickens and other poultry, their animal feed is also can, can contain this arsenic. And fertilizer made from poultry waste apparently continues to contaminate crops with inorganic arsenic. So where have Consumer Reports and other researchers found the majority of inorganic arsenic to be concentrated in our dietary exposure? Interestingly enough, vegetables are 24% of this dietary exposure to inorganic arsenic. Fruits and fruit juices are 18% and rice is 17% of that dietary exposure that we in the United States tend to, to get in, of this inorganic arsenic. It bears noting that even drinking water has been found to contain arsenic, and we might touch on that a little bit later. But for a gluten-free person, those dietary exposures are very troubling. Vegetables, fruits, and rice sounds a lot like the diet of many people I know living gluten-free. The FDA says that its analysis thus far does not show any evidence of change in the total arsenic levels over the last 20 years they've been monitoring it. The change is that the researchers are better able to measure whether those levels represent more or less toxic forms of arsenic. And based on the data and scientific literature available now, the FDA is not currently recommending that consumers change their consumption of rice or rice products at this time. Um, Michael Taylor, the FDA's Deputy Commissioner for Foods, who, interestingly enough, was also the gentleman that we dealt with in 1 and 133, pushing for gluten-free food labeling laws, 
he was quoted as saying that it's critical not to get ahead of the science and that the FDA's ongoing data collection and other assessments will give us a solid scientific basis for determining what steps are needed to reduce exposure to arsenic in rice and rice products. Well, joining us to talk about this somewhat disturbing information and about the U.S. rice industry in general is my friend Mike Davis, owner of Louisiana's famous Conrad Rice Mill. Conrad Rice Mill is the oldest operational rice mill in America, and in 1981, the mill was placed on the National Register of Historic Places as a rare surviving example of a factory using a belt drive power transmission. I've actually been to the mill. I'm lucky enough to have been down there in the Bayou Tash, Louisiana, and I can tell you it's a pretty impressive operation. They just celebrated their 100th anniversary of milling rice this February. So who better to discuss the U.S. rice industry than Mr. Mike Davis? Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, my pleasure, ma'am. My pleasure. <laughs> well, and I know you're very busy, again, the 100th anniversary of the rice mill, but can you um, tell us a little bit more about Conrad? I mean, how did you get involved in it and the history of this really, really interesting rice mill that's still operational, still using a lot of the same equipment that they were using when they started up? Well, one day I was driving down the street in front of the mill here called Ann Street, and I had been looking for some kind of a of a middleman agribusness to to get into. I had uh, my degree was in marketing from the university in Lafayette, Louisiana, and and literally found the mill sitting here. Didn't know it was existed, and, and drove in. And as luck would have it, I met the two men that owned it at that time, Alan and Julian Conrad, and they had decided they were going to sell the mill. Uh, one of them had failing health. The other's wife had recently passed away, and he just wanted no more part of it. And they told me what they wanted for the mill. Obviously, I didn't have enough money. Shook hands on it, accepted the deal, and got some backers that I had been lining up over the years. And, and two weeks later, I find myself running the rice mill. And, and we had, at that time, we had three grocery stores here in New Iberia, Louisiana. That was our customer base. So um, we just really went at it very hard. I'd get in the truck, and I'd go out, and I'd sell some stores, and I'd come back, and we'd run the mill, and we'd pack it, and I'd go deliver it. You know, the typical little entrepreneurial-type story that you hear all over the United States. Well, you know, we're doing it. Now it's 38, almost 39 years later. I bought this thing in 75. Wow. We're still doing that. We fortunately have been able to work really, really hard at it, and we have... Oh, uh, I guess we are in all 50 states. In fact, I don't guess. I know we are, and we're also <laughs> in Canada. And um, we've evolved, however, you know, and, and any anybody who has a business, that's the one piece of advice I can give them is whatever you're doing when you start is not going to be what you're doing as you progress. It evolved. And, and we used to be a white rice operation only, big bags, because I, I guess you, you know that. You've been here. The Cajun culture they typically eat 50, 60, 70 pounds of rice per person per year. Heavy, heavy, heavy per mm -hmm. capita consumption. Uh, whereas the typical Cuban or Puerto Rican Hispanic family, it's around 100 pounds per year. And then I would think the Orient populations probably go as much as 150 to 200 pounds of rice per year. Wow. To give you some idea, the, the typical American, just an average guy here in the country, eats about 25, 26 pounds of rice a year, and about half of that is through the consumption of beer because rice is used to make an awful lot of beer. So <laughs> they, kind of, they kind of change that around. I think you actually, the typical uh, you know, U.S. citizen is probably eating somewhere you know, of 8 to 10 pounds of rice or rice products per year. 
But anyway, we've evolved from being a white rice operation from great big old bags, and we still do that. Don't get me wrong, we still do that. But but we are now strictly a gluten-free operation. Uh, in fact, we're certified by the uh, Gluten Intolerance Group, the GIG Group, uh, the only operation in the state of Louisiana that has that certification. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on top of that, uh, Jules, we also are a member of the non-GMO project. And, Fantastic. Yeah, we're big believers in this, and uh, this is—it's a small family business. Um, you know, I still run it. My wife is here. My five little grandkids are running through this place all the time, and it's—it's. Um, it's and a your pretty, dog? Oh yeah, I'm looking at her right now. Peaches, <laughs> my old black lab. She's about gray now, actually. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but this 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 article you you mentioned the consumer report thing has really. Uh, you know, generated quite a bit of interest. In fact, on our website, uh, we we've answered that. I have a cover letter, and and we give you all the background information that we have. That's that's pretty current. But as you mentioned, and your uh, website is conradricemill.com. Conrad conrad or one of our labels is called Whole Grain H O L G R A I N dot com or Conrico, which stands for Conrad Rice Company. And and all of those uh, um, you know take you to the same location. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know it's something we've been we've been aware of for as you mentioned in your introduction. You know, twenty some odd years we we knew that there were trace elements of this kind of you know arsenic in the rice. Uh, we've always felt here in in South Louisiana, and if you if you to give you some idea where we are geographically, because I'm sure people around the country don't know exactly where New Iberia is. We are right on the Gulf of Mexico. Louisiana looks like a boot, and we're in the arch of that boot, if you will. Mm. Uh, so from the mill to the open Gulf of Mexico, you know, maybe 10 miles. Wow. It, we're pretty close. And uh, it's a great food town, by the way, here in New Iberia. There's uh, the McElhenney Tabasco sauce is just outside of town, and uh, next town over has uh, Jimmy Billard's Cajun Chef. I mean, it's a, it's a great food town. Mm-hmm. Uh, and only about thirty-five thousand people. But what's when I read all the inter, the, the information I, and that's out there about this arsenic thing, and, and the word arsenic just by itself is sort of a scary word, you know. It is. And, and you know, you you hear about you know, go back to your old college days of arsenic and lace and the books and poems and plays. It's anyway, it's it's a frightening sort of thing. But when you get into it a bit more, it it really be, kind of starts to lose some of its mystery, and it's not quite as frightening and frankly when you start realizing that it is very much a natural thing that has been around i mean uh, rice is probably been being consumed on this planet for what three thousand years uh, way before uh, you know recorded history started even and um i think if there was some health issue with it i certainly would know about it because as i mentioned we typically twice as much rice here in louisiana as anybody else does and um, to our knowledge and the rice industry's knowledge, there's never been a health issue for anybody with this. With this. Mm-hmm. So well, it's, and I uh, suppose we should discuss, you know, why rice has um, the tendency to absorb more arsenic than maybe some other food products. And, and maybe you could fill us in a little bit on the background of how rice is grown. Well, I, I think there is, there is some... There are some people that are that are trying to make a correlation with the fact that, as we know, rice grows in what's called rice paddies, and it takes a tremendous amount of water for rice to grow. But really, when we flood these these fields with water, but 
while it takes a lot of water for rice to grow, really the reason we flood the fields is for a cultivation. It, the, the weeds that compete against the rice can't take the, the water, and it dies, kills them off. The rice mm. can. So it's more of a cultivation thing, practice as much as anything. I've seen rice growing on the side of a mountain in Guatemala, you know, just on the, not in a rice paddy, just growing on the side of a mountain because they had so much rain there that they had an adequate amount of water for it to, to grow. Um, I'm not sure there's a real correlation between the fact that the rice is sitting in water and that's why it has you know, arsenic levels or not. Uh, it's about a 90-day crop from the time you plant it to the time you harvest it and only sits in the water probably 40, 45 days of that time because the last month or so it's it's been drained and the ground is getting firmed up so the combines can come in and cut it. Um, I think the, the information that I gather, and you mentioned too, is I think we're going to find out that there's these, there are arsenic levels probably in just about everything we eat. Um, I don't want to sound like an alarmist, but I just think that's just the, the fact of the matter. And mm-hmm. there's some science that's starting to say that. I mean, we know it's in vegetables. We know it's in fruit. We know it's in fruit juices. I think most grains also contain that because it's just the natural order of coming up out of the ground. The good thing about most of the rice in this country that I think should put some people to, to, to ease is that, you know, a cotton is something that was past days was, was sprayed with arsenic-based pesticides. Well, down here in the rice belt where we're located in Louisiana, over in Texas and California, we never grew cotton here. You know, this land was never suitable for that, so it was never grown. So there was never any contamination from a pesticide that had arsenic in it. There's no arsenic. Yes, go ahead. Sorry, I I thought that was a really interesting point because you and I have discussed this, and yet the Consumer Reports article says, and and I'm going to just quote from it so Mm -hmm. that I'm not paraphrasing, but it says that um, the remainder of rice-growing areas in the United States, Louisiana, Mississippi, Missouri, and Texas, that south-central region of the country, which grows a large percentage of this country's rice. It says that south-central region of the country has a long history of producing cotton, a crop that was heavily treated with arsenical, arsenical, I don't know how to pronounce that, pesticides for decades in part to combat the boll weevil battle. So you're saying... You know, yeah, that, that's not that, necessarily true. Well, I'm saying there was a lot of cotton grown in the South. There certainly was, but certainly not down in South Louisiana. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's, it's the soil here is is not conducive to cotton production, and that would always have been maybe in the more the center or the northern part of the state, and more in Mississippi, Arkansas. But even a lot of the cotton that was grown in those parts of the country don't grow where rice grows. Mm-hmm. I mean, we have to we tend to have a clay hard pan under the soil that holds the water. And it doesn't drain as well. And cotton doesn't do well in that. It needs to be more of a light, sandy loam. So, um, so you know, I, I think they were maybe just a bit off on that. On that just part. overgeneralization. I believe so. Yes, it's yeah. a, it's a, you know it's a big country, okay? And 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 we can say yes, we grow we grow sugarcane and rice down here in South Louisiana, but it doesn't grow everywhere. You know, it, some places right. just are not conducive to the crop. So, so I mean, now your rice, do you yes. do you own the land that is growing no. the rice, or do you buy from rice no, growers around? No, we buy it around? from the growers ourselves. We are not farmers. We're we're mm-hmm. millers. and So, no, we do not. But we know these people intimately. We know these guys. I mean, it's not like we're going out here on the market and saying, oh, by the way, you know, anybody got some rice? So we know the guys we buy from, and we buy from the same people year in, year out. And, uh, and where are they located primarily? Generally in the Crowley, Louisiana area, between Crowley mm-hmm. and over to the Texas border. 
And right here, we, as you know, we don't have counties in Louisiana. We have parishes. Parishes. So here in, in Iberia Parish, it's more of a sugarcane-based thing. We're about as far east in, in Louisiana as a rice mill is. In fact, we are the most further east there is. So that the, most of our crop is coming in, almost all of our crop is coming in from, from between Texas and Crowley, Louisiana, which is uh, the rice capital. And it's, uh, I mean, it was actually land that was... Uh, that was populated by the uh, railroads. They brought people down from the Midwest. We have towns like Iowa, you know, where they still have Midwestern-looking houses. Right. They were, and they brought these folks down there to grow rice because that's what this land grows. And they've tried other crops, but uh, rice is, is is what it does. It does it very well. But um, I will I, I will go back, and, and, and I was reading some, some pretty interesting information. There's apparently a gentleman who is um, – one of the most foremost guys, and it's that guy, guy named Dr. Brian Jackson. He's a Ph.D., and he's apparently a researcher out of Dartmouth College. and mm-hmm. He just makes some really good common sense stuff. And he basically tells everybody that, look, we don't even, we don't even know if this is bad levels, if it's too much or what. And he says, look, let's, let's be careful about that. He says not all inorganic arsenic is going to be absorbed by the body. In fact, we don't even know what amounts are going to be absorbed, if any. So uh, he's saying, look, we need to have more regulation, but let's not hit any panic buttons because we don't have enough information. We have anecdotal information that says people have been eating rice for years and years and years without any undue adverse health aspects. So until we know better, we'll just keep right on going. It's good to know this. I mean, we need to be better informed. But, for instance, uh, I think the typical celiac is concerned a lot of you know about well I'm a you know a heavy user, uh, and as I was trying to say, I think the average American probably eats somewhere around eight ten pounds of rice per year. I would say that maybe the the um, I don't know I'm just making up a number, but the average celiac person would probably eat maybe twenty pounds twenty five pounds of rice. I mean that's a lot of rice. The typical Cajun mm-hmm. eats like fifty pounds of rice, and that's eating rice twice a day. But even if it's fifty pounds of rice. It's a small number compared to what so many cultures in our world eat with absolutely no problems in their health. Mm-hmm. In fact, they consider to have those cultures some of the, the healthiest cultures, those that have the, the highest rice consumption. Well, and some of the, the breakdowns that actually started, I guess, with the Consumer Reports article were, okay, let's talk about specific kinds of rice and where the rice is found that has the most levels of arsenic, whether it's absorbed or not, whether it's organic or inorganic, let's set right. that aside. You know, the um, the concentration of arsenic in rice differs depending on where it's grown, as you say, and mm-hmm. also between, for example, brown and white rice. And could you speak a little bit to that about, you know, and I remember when I was at the mill, you know, learning more about the actual structure of the rice grain and the hull versus, you know, everything about it that's that actually breaks down. I don't think a lot of people even know the difference between brown and white rice, but if you could describe it like what those differences are sure, and how sure. that's processed and perhaps that would um lead to a better understanding of why brown rice might have a higher concentration than white rice of the arsenic. Sure. I I can try to see if I can through words draw a picture. You when you get a grain of rice, that grain is called a paddy rice, P A D D Y. It's still got a hull on it. We remove the hull. Once the hull has been removed from a grain of rice, it goes from being called paddy rice to being called brown rice. 
So what a grain of rice is, that if it's called brown rice, is had its hull removed, but has all the bran layers left still on it. Then through a friction process, we can take that rice from being brown, and we can scrape the bran layers off and make it white. By and What happens is the inside of the grain, the white endosperm, if you will, is there. Once you remove the bran layers from the outside of it or take them off, it all of a sudden starts, you know, at least white. Mm-hmm. The nutritional value, however, is really in the bran layers. That's where the most vitamins and most minerals and things are con- are contained. That's where the fiber is all contained. And, yes, the tests are showing that brown rice has a higher arsenic level than white rice, but a minutely difference. It's also interesting to note that they're saying the arsenic levels doesn't seem to matter if it's been grown organically or inorganic or, or not. Mm-hmm. The rice it does, that does, doesn't seem to be a factor at all. Um, one of the suggestions that this article had was that you try preparing your rice in a different fashion, washing it, maybe cooking it in a, in a larger amount of water. Um, yeah, treating it like pasta so yes, instead of will. adding two or three cups of water. Yeah, some yeah. rinsing or something apparently mm-hmm. does seem to drop some of the levels. And we found that interesting because one of the things we make here is we make bread, brown rice breadcrumbs, for instance. We're the mm-hmm. only guys out there doing that. And, and we make a lot of products with brown rice. We make crackers. We make all these things. But all of that rice has been, in the process of making them, has been washed and rinsed several times. We put this rice in a fairly good size uh, a fiberglass container and, uh, and, and fill it full of water and drain it, and fill it full of water and then drain it again. So we have, I guess, really just because of that's the process we use, have been really doing exactly what these guys are saying. Well, I wonder rich, if there's a difference. Maybe maybe you're washing your rice more than other rice millers are washing I don't think other rice millers do what we do. If, hmm. if you're just milling white rice, you're not doing any of that, okay? Uh, I mean, the rice is kept dry from the, you, you dry it down and it comes in from the fields and it's about 12% moisture and you take the bran off, you take the hull off and you're done. You're finished with it. In mm-hmm. our case, that's just the beginning. We start soaking it. We start making it into these breadcrumbs. We start making it into rice starch. We start making it into things that we put into different ingredients and we take it several steps further. Just because that's what we do. We're a value-added niche marketing little operation. Mm-hmm. And, and um, you know, that's just that's just the process. And, yeah. you know, um, we think it, it's, you know, gonna probably going to turn out to be probably a good thing that we do that. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. a side benefit, but yeah. Yeah, um, as a side note, you know. Yeah. Well, and it'll be interesting, you know, as the research progresses, and I know the FDA is still collecting samples from they rice are. growers around the country, um, to see if perhaps it actually does make a difference in the residual arsenic um, in your products versus someone else's products, for example. But if, you know, those listeners at home who are trying to figure out how to, you know, follow these, uh, I guess, recommended washing guidelines now for your rice, if you're buying another type of rice that has not been pre-washed as the rice out of Conrad, the research is showing that you can actually reduce the arsenic in rice by 30 to 40% by rinsing it, which is what um, Mike Davis is saying that they already do in their mill, but you rinse it at home and you use like a sieve or something you know small like that, a wire um, sieve that you can actually rinse it and the rice won't fall through in a regular colander. And then what you do is you boil the rice and instead of following the package directions, 
to add two or three cups of water, you add like 12 cups of water. And then when it's done, you then drain the rice as you would with pasta and then put it back into the pot and put the lid on it, which actually kind of steams it and, and it becomes kind of fluffy and moist like that. That's really, really good for brown rice. White rice doesn't hold up so well when you do that. So that, that, there's saying, the truth to that. But you know, yeah. Jill, what you just described, that is, if, that is exactly how our grandparents used to cook rice down here. Isn't that funny that they would just change the directions, like, generationally? Today we're using, you know, rice cookers and things, and and, like you say, you add a couple cups of water and that, and you do it. My wife learned how to cook rice from her grandmother by using the knuckle method. In other words, she put the rice in a pot, and she filled up the pot with enough water until it came up to her first or second knuckle, and and then (laughs) boiled it in that, and then drained it off, and... um, so, yeah, we're kind of going backwards uh, maybe sometimes. Yeah, well, I guess we're going to be going backwards now to the, the old method. But apparently, you know, it makes a much fluffier, nicer brown rice In particular, to, to follow through rice. that it, process. It right? works much better for brown. Like, you're right. White rice doesn't do as well because it's a little – we've removed the brown layers, which, uh, you know, makes it um, cook – absorb the water faster. That's mm-hmm. basically the difference. Right. So brown rice doesn't absorb the water quite as quickly, and it, and it will hold up much, much better with a lot more water being put to it. Well, a couple other things for folks who are listening at home and are concerned about, you know, perhaps they're they're getting too much, you know, rice or arsenic in rice in their diet. You know, as I think um, as Mike has pointed out, there's, you know, when you look at the amount of rice that you ingest over a year, um, it perhaps doesn't look quite as bad as maybe it would look if you're just reading these reports. And it'll be interesting, like we said, to hear back from the FDA as they continue. They said by the end of this year, they expect to have gone through the 1,000 samples that they have um, right. they've been they, gathering. They, and They've I'm done sorry, 200 sorry. already, and they put out a right. preliminary report on that. And, and, and the numbers came back at a level that they thought was, you know, absolutely Right, very minor and not too worried. Um, I I think if they're going to find anything, they would have probably found it in the first couple hundred. But still, I I encourage them. The more we know about this, the better it is going to be for all of us. Right, absolutely. Education is opening our eyes. We need that. So I'm I you know we just think it's great what the federal government's doing, and we're glad that this if this article does nothing more from Consumer Report than to to move it forward the discussion, then it's a good thing. It's a very good thing. Yeah, and I it was interesting that you pointed out the research done out of Dartmouth. Um, another study that I wanted to just point out for listeners is that um, in processed foods in particular, and we're not talking about, you know, the, the flours, we're not talking about the breadcrumbs or the crackers, we're talking about like highly processed foods that contain something called brown rice syrup in it. That is often used as a binder but also as a sweetener, and, and a lot of folks have in the natural foods industry are used to seeing brown rice syrup because it's a natural sweetener as opposed to adding you know, corn syrup or something like that. So they're really proud of the fact that they're using brown rice syrup. But this study out of Dartmouth College found that there were actually higher levels in something in these brown rice syrup sweetened products than a lot of other products out there too. So you know, just keep your radar open for something like that as well. If you're concerned that you know maybe you're eating too much of it, I can't imagine that you know you would be eating a ton of brown rice syrup in your diet, but you could look out for that and see if that's something that um, you know concerns you. You could look for the brown rice syrup. The other thing that's in the Consumer Reports article, which was disturbing, and I think that was, that was the largest emphasis of their article was on baby formulas. And they came out saying that, you know, don't feed your babies more than one serving of rice 
infant formula, you know, kind of first cereals type of thing um, than until the FDA has come out with their publication because they believe that these infant rice cereals have extremely high proportions of arsenic in them as compared to other rice products on the market. I don't have any idea why that would be. Nor do I. I. (laughs) Yeah, they said that every single infant rice cereal they tested had um, 95 parts per billion of arsenic in every brand. So um, that's very strange. I don't know, you know, why that would be, but it'll be interesting to follow that and see where it goes. But, you know, just like anything else, everything – in moderation, your diet should be full of all kinds of different foods. Rice should be, you know, conti- you know, continue to use rice in your diet as you were before or, you know, try to experiment with some different things. There's all kinds of wonderful things that are coming out now, you know, with quinoa and other um, gluten-free oats, things like that you can add in your diet. I don't think until the FDA has really come out with its final decision on a level of arsenic that is tolerable in um in our food and drink that, you know, people should be, you know, really super concerned about the levels that they are currently ingesting. But all of this is very interesting, as you say, Mike, to, you know, really look back at your own diet, make sure you're getting lots of different, you know, sources for your protein, for your fiber, Um, you know, just keeping it interesting (laughs) from that perspective of a person with celiac disease or gluten-free, you know, obviously you're looking for different things to eat in your diet to keep it interesting too. So all of those things in mind, I don't think that the the typical gluten-free consumer should be really concerned at this point about what's going on in their diet. But as you say, it's all interesting and it's good to follow, and I'm glad that the FDA is on this. It'll be interesting to see what they say by the end of this year. And you're, I'm assuming you're part of a, um, a U.S. rice growers group. We are. We are. And have they made any statements about this? Is there anything they have? They have. They've, they've come out with that, and that's on my website. As a matter of fact, I put their uh, put that on there. What they uh, they had to say, and uh, and. They make some good. They make some very good points about you know how rice, how safe it is, and how many good vitamins and minerals and all that kind of good stuff you get out of it. Um, uh, it's it's worth going to um, to this if you have a chance. We it's our response to the thing. It's um, it's the USA Rice uh, group that puts this story out. Let me see if I can get that. U.S. Rice Federation. You can go to them. USA Rice Federation. And uh, they've got some very good information, and that is the marketing arm, if you will, of the rice industry. And uh, they've got some pretty pretty bright people there that uh, that have a real good feel for this thing. But, but Jules, you had you just you struck the perfect tone there when you just said it's everything in moderation. That's kind of how you should live your life, I think. Don't you believe? And particularly what we're eating. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And when you when you look at I mean something like arsenic, it's as you said in the very beginning of the broadcast, it's probably everywhere and given what it is and, and how it it evolved, you know, and how it's actually present in, you know, our air, water and soil, it's probably gonna be part of our diet and our, our drinking water and other beverages. Um, at some level, and so to you know turn this into a fear factor at this point is probably a little bit overdone, but it's good to be aware of it, and I'm really exactly. glad to see that the studies are, are going to continue and that I look forward to learning more. Now, you mentioned the Rice Federation website. I want to just bring up a couple of websites for folks as well as we wrap up. Again, Conrad Rice Mill is where you can find out more information, read um, Mike Davis's statement um, on there about arsenic, but also read more about the history of his rice mill. It's a fascinating, fascinating 
uh, story. And they're, you know, it's a really interesting mill that a lot of the people who are working there are multi, you know, have been their generations, and they can repair all of the machinery because they're, you know, belt driven, and there's and you can't get replacement parts anywhere else because it's no, the same we, we equipment. have specialized skills here. Yes. Yeah, it's really, really interesting, and um, it was just, it's a fascinating story. And so, if you want to know, learn more about that, and also see more about the Conrico and Hullgrain products to see where to find those around the country. You can learn about those there. Another great website for you to check out is FDA.gov. If you go onto the For Consumers section, you can read the FDA's response called FDA Looks for Answers on Arsenic and Rice. And if you want to learn more about what's in your drinking water, including arsenic, you can go to a website called Environmental Working Group, EWG.org, and you can click on Tap Water, Tap dash water and you can put in your zip code and they'll tell you what is in your drinking water so another thing for you to look forward to uh, learning more about and we don't have time to get into the water section of of the conversation today but I do really appreciate you taking the time to talk to us about the rice industry to talk to us about these reports and more about what your company is doing to be proactive about this and to stay you know abreast on the latest um, information that's coming out so thank you so much Mike and I really appreciate you yeah thank you and thank you for your wonderful products. Thank you, ma'am. And we'd like to invite everybody to come visit us here in South Louisiana. We'd love. Yeah, to they have give you. a great tour. Oh no! We, and look, it's a great place to come to. Come hungry, though. We have awfully good food here. <laughs> that sounds good. Hopefully, I'll get back down there sometime soon. Very good. All right. Take care now. Uh-huh, bye.